welcome to Telling the Tale. It's a podcast about telling the tale. Or, well, let's take that one more time. Hello, and welcome to Telling the Tale. It's a podcast about Telltale games, where I, Mitchell Wolf, am going to play every single Telltale game. But it's not just me doing this insane task. No, 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 no. It's also Dustin Jackson. Dustin Jackson, how are you today? I am just fine today, Mitchell Wolf, and I feel like we're going to be wrapping up a case today. We're going to be wrapping up two cases today. Two cases? Wow. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I brought a weird vibe to the opening again. <laughs> Good. It's not sustainable. Let's, let's roll off. It. I don't have enough energy to do that for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> for a whole podcast? Yeah, for a whole thing? No. I sure you do, especially with this week's subject matter. Okay, well, let's talk about this week's subject matter. We talked last week about how we have been playing CSI Three Dimensions of Murder, specifically the PlayStation 2 port, which Telltale did not... Uh, personally oversee the development of, but it is uh, essentially a one-to-one carryover of all the stories and puzzles in the original PC version of the game, uh, with some mechanical difference of how you interact with objects and how your character patrols the environment, with the number one biggest difference being that in the Telltale game, you're given uh, flat scenes that you can click around, sort of like a I Spy kind of game. Uh, and <laughs> in the PlayStation 2 version, it is a first-person game where you need to physically maneuver around these three-dimensional environments. I Spy, a really good game. Okay, Dustin, you can't do this to me. You you did this <laughs> last week, too. And, okay, I'm gonna fill I'm gonna fill everyone in on what Dustin is trying to do, and I'm not gonna let him do it. <laughs> Last week, before we recorded, uh, our by the way, sorry, just let, let me finish the introduction. This is this episode is gonna be about cases four and five, uh, which are the the final two cases. We did cases one, two, and three last week. Uh, so we're we're just dividing because it's a, a big five. It's five of what we would normally do in one episode. We're dividing it in two episodes of the podcast. Okay, that said, let me tell you the bullshit Dustin just tried and expose him. (laughs) Uh, Dustin, before we recorded last episode, was saying only negative things about this video game. He would not (laughs) stop complaining about having to play the video game, especially because the way that we're doing it is he's (laughs) playing it on his roommate, Adam. Hi, Adam's. Uh, Adam's uh, PlayStation 2 and then he's streaming the video over to me and then the two of us are talking about the puzzles together and we're sort of co-playing it that way but Dustin is the pilot so he hates doing it he really hates playing this (laughs) video game and he's complained about it a lot and I'm not mad about the complaining I think that's entirely valid because of what happens in this game but then we hop on the the audacity (laughs) to record a podcast episode and Dustin comes at me with, you know, it was better than I expected. And you know that's what? Just... It's not that bad. <laughs> now that you think about it. It's not okay for you to do that shit. And now no, you just boy. tried to say it was a good game. Again. Stop it. No. Mitch, look. As soon as the record I'm, button's I'm sorry. on, you, you turn into a different person. I don't know you like this. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I was... I. Next time, I'll try to slather my my words in a lip in a little bit more uh, a thick layer of sarcasm sauce. <laughs> but they don't. The, the audience doesn't know. <laughs> the audience doesn't like. Oh yeah, it's a good one. Okay, I, I bet. 
<laughs> wow, it sounds like they really liked it. Yeah, from from <laughs> my perspective, Telltale is a video game company that made a lot of episodic crime video games where you solve mysteries. Uh, in, in the case of Sam and Max, that's what you're doing. And in the case of a lot of the other ones they've done, some strong bads are like that. I think one or two Monkey Islands are like that. Um, the Wolf Among Us is like that. So the idea that this other, like, more explicitly detective-y kind of game that they made is good secretly, it's not like, it wouldn't be that surprising. It would just be, oh, I'm not into that franchise, but yeah, I bet it's good. Um, Mm -hmm. So, no, the audience doesn't know that we hate it (laughs) until we we say it, uh, because, wow, this game is hard to play. Yeah, it... Try try being the one playing it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think we hit some of our uh, most frustrating moments in these last two episodes. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. Um, let's reiterate our our stance on walkthroughs. Um, <laughs> normally, for this podcast, uh, we try not to use any walkthroughs or anything. Unless we really, really, really have to, and like we're just not going to be able to finish it before we record, um, and normally that means I don't need to use a walkthrough. Um, I I I have once or twice for, uh, I you know what I think season two of Sam and Max had some particularly egregious feeling puzzles. I think I used it once in season two yeah i don't remember i i don't remember what puzzle it was but i i think it was in chariot of the dogs yeah um i i I think that occasionally looking something up for like well how do i solve this puzzle in a point and click adventure game is not outside of the expected play pattern you know yeah Uh, yeah because a lot of it is built around puzzles and some of those puzzles are a little bit more uh frustrating than others yeah and cherry to the dogs uh, i i think i do remember it in that room with the the bermuda triangle um mm-hmm. it, in above the maui heads on the spaceship it, there's some stuff you had to do with like okay do i cross the bridge now what how does this work that didn't make sense and like when, when something doesn't make sense to you as a player of an adventure game like this um I don't even I don't think it's necessarily uh, a slight against the game or the player. It's just that adventure games are you, very... you two didn't see eye to eye yeah, on a puzzle. Yeah. Adventure games are, are, are very focused on what the designers of that game thought was common sense. And mm-hmm. the thing about common sense that any any behavioral therapist will tell you any uh, like systems designer will tell you any any playtest um, QA person will tell you there is no such thing as common sense. The idea of common sense is a lie. Everyone's got different stuff. Um, right. So if, if your thing is the way that you solve a puzzle, it's probably not everyone else's. Um, nowhere is that more true than in CSI. <laughs> Three Dimensions of Murder, which after solving case one and two, which we talked about last week, uh, we realized we simply could not do it on our own. <laughs> and uh, for the remainder of the cases, we had to use a walkthrough. 
I feel no shame. Yeah, I think another part of it is also, um, you know, if it's a good game, if if it's a game you enjoy, that alone is kind of uh, incentive enough to figure it out on your own. But when you're playing CSI Three D- Dimensions of Murder, where you don't even want to be doing it in the first place, yeah, <laughs> I think I think I'm fine with using a walkthrough. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty. I'm pretty darn fine with using a walkthrough. <laughs> even even then, it didn't always help. Because, because, so you were looking at a walkthrough for the PC version, and that has some differences from the PS2 version. Usually it was fine. I mean, we got through them totally fine. But, uh, you know, there's a few times where it's like, uh, it says to do some things that you can't do in the PS2 version. Like, from what we gathered... Um, you can input your evidence into the machines in, in the lab just whenever and keep them there as a, a sort of database. And in the PS2 one, you just have to lug them around with you everywhere. You, It's more like a traditional inventory system. So these walkthroughs will say, like, uh, put the blood in the in the DNA mm-hmm. and then or the chemicals. And you would be like, okay, then what? And it's like, then leave. <laughs> yeah, and we, we don't have to do that because we don't need to drop off inventory in uh, machines like that. It's just the games are built differently. Yeah. There are... We'll get to it when we get to case five, uh, but we're, we're going to start with case four. But th- there are moments here where it is just so clear that the... There was design thought put into it in a different control scheme. And then for this version, there was not design thought put into it. It doesn't even seem like <laughs> there was that much play testing. It was like, there's some things that I cannot imagine players getting right that is required to beat this game. And based on how many like walkthroughs I've found online that are specifically for the PC version... Uh, or like let's plays online that are specifically of the PC version. I don't know if anyone played this version of the game. Yeah, I would not be surprised. There's a lot in there where I'm like, how did they let that slide? Yeah, um, I like I would love to see sales numbers on this version specifically because um, there, there's really nothing. I'm not used to a game that is made by it's made by a well-known developer. It's published by a very well-known, bigger video game company. And Mm -hmm. it's a licensed game of a very well-known franchise. This game should be well-known. This game should be, like, out there. Um, It it was on the PlayStation 2, which is the most popular console of all time. It's all working toward this game being very well-known. And it's super not. You know what's so funny is that when we first started playing... You know, I just went in thinking this wasn't a well-known game. It was like, oh, of course it's not. I'd never heard of it. And no one ever talks about it ever. It's CSI, who cares? But when you sum it up like that, it does seem like something that should at least be a little known. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it it seems like this is the thing they did for, like, money. We're, We're retrading our steps with the last episode a little bit. But it seems like this is the thing they did for big money while they were doing the niche Sam and Mac stuff. And then that actually didn't happen the way they thought it was going to happen. Yeah, it's hard to believe that this brought in the money, but I guess it must have if they did three more after this. So, 
we have two more cases to talk about today. We're going to talk about the stories of each one and some of the mechanics. And then we're going to talk about the game as a whole. Um, and and uh, we, we did our segments in the last episode. I don't think any of my potent pickup or weekly guy or anything's going to change. Yeah, it's just going to be exactly the same. Yeah, so I guess don't worry about that. We won't do that. No segments this week. Every You have a week off from segments today. Phew! Woo! No homework. This might be a very short episode. Probably. I. That's what I was thinking going in. We only have two ep- Even last week, we crammed three episodes in. And even then, it was only like our regular runtime. And we spent like a good chunk of that episode just kind of talking about the game as a whole rather than individual episodes so yeah don't expect a long episode this week sorry yeah well let's see if we can give each of these cases at least 10 minutes starting with case four rough cut rough cut if you are familiar with the tv show csi the fan favorite i must assume character greg sanders (laughs) is our new assistant um greg is actually my favorite sidekick (laughs) I think so too, just because he's very, uh, he's very laid back. He, he says doesn't, like, all the wrong things. Insult you? Yeah, he <laughs> said he, <laughs> he feels like he's more inexperienced than you do most of the time. Yeah. So the um, the crime is there's this body that was discovered out in the desert on a sleeping bag next to a tent. It looks like they were camping, um, just totally in sleeping position, but dead. And also, there's an FMV video they show of a rat coming out of a guy's mouth that sucks. Uh, isn't it? Isn't it the worst? It's very not good. It's well, you know what? It it it's simultaneously very hard to watch and like, hey, why is this happening? But also, it's memorable. It might be my golden moment. It's like it's the most evocative thing in the game for sure yeah it's the it's the only time that really got a reaction out of me in this game i was like oh my god jesus yeah and it's kind of hey it gave that rat some work people say sometimes that like body horror and and gross out humor and whatever that's that's sort of the (laughs) easiest humor well this is not yeah but this is body horror this is not gross out humor but those things are related (laughs) um they're shortcuts to emotion like you'll get a reaction Mm. but it's kind of easy to do um I don't know. This seems hard to come up with. This this rat was <laughs> a trying rat to, coming out of someone's mouth. Yeah, that takes some creativity. He was trying to make a nest in the corpse's stomach, and then it decided it didn't want to. I wish the rat was wearing like a little hat when it came out. That would have been good. Oh yeah, yeah. That w- that would have been better. Then I would have been like, oh, okay. We would have boosted this game two points at least. <laughs> yeah, I would say. Well, it can't be all bad if we got that scene with the rat in the hat. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah that's true uh <laughs> there's also like blowflies coming out of his nose it's terrible this this is the it's, oldest corpse we're gonna it. find in the game by it's it's like five days old um mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. i guess telltale and the csi show are very sure about what happens and i i bet they are i bet they know a lot more about that than i do um but i hate it i don't <laughs> It was a bummer. It was a real bummer. You know, the worst part is this is not the worst corpse we're going to be seeing on this show. How is that not true? Because, well, I mean, later down the line, I don't mean this episode. This is the worst corpse we're going to see. This isn't the worst corpse we're going to see in telling the tale. It's a ways off, but uh, 
Wait, really? Yeah, I mean, you know, we got Walking Dead coming up. Oh, 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 I sorry, gotcha. I, I was still thinking of CSI. But yeah, no, within CSI. <laughs> well, who knows? They could no be worse. worse in future. <laughs> it could be worse in future CSI games. We don't know. Walking Dead, though, like, yeah, there's zombification and everything. The corpses are pretty bad, but it's it's still more fantastical. It's more cartoonish. It feels that way. Th- oh, this boy, is this you... is FMV. This is someone filmed this. Oh, you're talking about the FMV. I was thinking about the like actual character model. In oh, the game. oh yeah. Then this is probably this is pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's an actor, or at least a yeah. very well articulated fake mouth. That yeah, I hope it wasn't of. a real dead person. I feel like that wouldn't be that cool. No, <laughs> yeah, but maybe a guy put a rat in his mouth. I don't know. <laughs> And then he went, and then the rat came out, and he said, ta-da! Yeah, and he had a little hat. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I wish that were the game. <laughs> so we find out some some things about this person. Uh, his name's Derek Mitchell. Uh, I'm Mitchell. Whoa. Wow. And Carla Mitchell is his wife, who is an attorney. Um, Emily something, it's not Mitchell, is his mother. Uh, who mm-hmm. is a public figure and she's very well to do. She she's sort of a, a, a powerful figure in town and, and has a lot. She's of money. running for mayor or something. Yeah, she. It seems like mayor, they only ever say public office. Yeah, they never specify what it is. It seems like mayor. Um, it seems it seems similar to what like a mayor of Las Vegas would be, but maybe they don't want to bring comparisons to the real mayor of Las Vegas. That's true. That's a good point. So they probably just kept it vague so you can't be like, oh, this is this person. Yeah. And both Carla Mitchell's condo that she shares with Derek and Emily's house have been worked on by a contractor named Lou. Lou Astor. Lou Astor. Lou Astor. Lou Astor. <laughs> take your pick yeah i mean i, I heard, all I heard actors choices. pronounce it and i still i don't know um <laughs> yeah it's one of them uh that would require things to sink in about this game to know how it's pronounced we talked last episode about how there's a formula here of putting all of the evidence toward one person and of course it's not them it's the other one mm-hmm. um they put in this case, Lou is the recipient, the contractor is the recipient of all of the the shade. Mm-hmm. Um, we find out that the cause of death of Derek was uh, pesticide poisoning in his tobacco. When he was smoking something, he was inhaling a bunch of pesticide. Ugh. Yeah. That'll get you if I had a nickel. If I had a nickel. Uh, also... Um, uh, Lou had a bunch of pesticide in his store. Yeah, and a bunch he of had, he had like a big tub. Yeah, he had a big tub of the pesticide that killed Derek right in his store, and uh, Derek's hair was all over his stuff, and his fingerprints were all over the the <laughs> store. Yeah, they really make you think. Oh wow, it must be him. Yeah, and like Carla saying, "I'm happily married to him. Why would I do it?" And his mom saying, "Like, hey, that's my actual son. Like, I don't have a motive. I'm running for public office. Why would I kill my son? It's not gonna look good <laughs> in the polls for funsies." Yeah, <laughs> and 
just it it it's definitely Lou. So of course, no, it's the wife Carla. Yeah, of course. It it's always the least suspicious, and and they think they're like telling a good story with it. I guess they're like. Oh, yeah, you didn't see this coming. But it's just, like, exactly the same every time. Yeah, it's not a twist if it's just, like, not plausible. Yeah. If it's, if, if it's not something... Like, dude, Lou, Lou has reason to kill this guy. He is at his place all the time. This guy owes him a ton of money from gambling. And he's got the pesticide. Like... I, I guess why can't it just be him? Why can't it just in real life? It's him. I guess yeah, it, like, it, it's a lesson that you can't draw conclusions. But if you can't draw every any single conclusions, time, yeah, you are dumb. Like if you can't draw any conclusions, you, you need to not be in this profession. <laughs> it, you, you, there's some presumptions that you can make in life that are shortcuts that. You can feel pretty good about, like, yeah, still check your work, but sometimes assuming based on the evidence is, like, a good way to start doing things. Yeah, imagine if this worked in real life. Imagine if, okay, so this person had a motive, they have all the evidence, their fingerprints are all over the murder weapon. Nope, it, it was the dog. Yeah, I mean, sometimes DNA test is definitely wrong, and people are wrongfully convicted, and it does suck. And yeah, but every time, every, every single, single time, time. <laughs> like this, this is also how people who are clearly bad just get away with with heinous actions and, and keep doing it again and again, because we're which is which plays into this into this game. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so at one point, before we knew it was Carla, uh, Carla finds out that Derek died, and she goes, "Oh my God, did he suffer?" And uh, <laughs> our assistant Greg says, uh, "Yes, he did, but uh, not for long." <laughs> she was like, "She was like, I hope he didn't. I hope he didn't suffer." And he's like, "Oh, he suffered." <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> you bet. He caps it by saying, "Like, yeah, but not, but not for long." But he said, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said, "Oh, yes, he definitely did." <laughs> yeah, it, it just his last moments were not fun ones. <laughs> yeah, he was feeling pain. I guess. Um. <laughs> I like the idea. He he doesn't even know. He he just tells her, "Oh yeah, yeah, it sucked." Uh, there was also a thing this episode that I was I was a little confused by the mm -hmm. the, the the I guess interesting forensic thing is that this episode has two crime scenes. It's the one where the guy was actually killed, but it's also the one where like way before that happened. His tobacco was laced with pesticide because it didn't happen at the scene at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess that's a little interesting. But it does mean that... So Carla did it. Um, Thanks, Carla. And, and she, we find, we find out through the episode that she did have means and evidence to support the fact that she did lace the tobacco before he had it with the pesticide. Didn't she also have semen-covered undies at, at the apartment yeah and that's proof that she's cheating on him which does not seem to be related to the crime yeah that didn't play into it at all yeah <laughs> really well you know what's what's also weird is that there was a footprint found in the tent at the scene of the crime that was a woman's mm -hmm. boot um and they find they found out that it was carla's boot 
So even though they make this whole big deal about, like, well, she didn't need to go there. She probably wasn't there at all. I guess she was there because her, her footprint was there. Yeah, that's right. That <laughs> What the fuck? I never thought I didn't think about that when we were playing. So what I thought it was going to lead up to was I thought he was going to be cheating on her. And then the person he was cheating on her with killed him because, like, you had the the cigarettes with the lipstick on them, the the boot print. I figured it was going to be, you know, Carla's loyal, but then he was cheating on her, and then the person he cheated with killed him for some reason. But uh, that's not the way it went down. Well, it, it seems like from the way that both Carla and Derek's mom, Emily, talk about Derek... Derek was sort of just a really seedy dude who was getting into all kinds of hard drugs and gambling all their money away and sleeping around. Yeah, he was just kind of a shitty person. So Derek might all have been the, cheating on Carla these as well. But all of these victims are shitty people. Um, all of these victims seem to be shitty people. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any exception to that. I don't think there is. In the first episode, everyone hated her. Hated her. In the, in the game dev episode, episode, he's just sort of running a studio in a way people don't like. Yeah, I I guess that I guess that's not so bad. But like everyone else, well, I guess in the third one, there is the no victim actress. Yeah, there is no victim. But the person they thought was the victim was the actress who still framed her uh, boyfriend, fiance for murder. Um, but that's not really the same. But then all these other ones, it's like everyone you talk to is like, yeah, this guy, this man or woman sucked and I, uh, we're glad they're dead. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the big thing that happened this this case. Oh, boy. Which is that there is there is a garage in Emily's house that you need <laughs> to search for items in. Um, the haunted garage. It's basically to cross her name off the list. Um, and it doesn't do it because you find out that she was reading about the pesticide that killed the guy. Like, of course she was. <laughs> yeah, what a coincidence. <laughs> um, she had memos that basically indicated that um, Derek was going to give her money and didn't for her campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, she had uh, some pesticide itself in a little jar. And it was, but it, she didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> it turned out it was for rats. Yeah, it was for rats that she had. Um, which is interesting, because there was a rat in Derek, even though Derek had the pesticide in him. I guess the pers- pesticide doesn't work that well. <laughs> yeah, it sure didn't keep the rats out of him. Well, I guess the rat did come out. <laughs> the rat smelled the pesticide. And Maybe like, that's why I'm the leaving. rat didn't want to make a nest in Derek's stomach, because there was the pesticide in his blood. That's true. That's a smart rat. It knew to Whoa. hit the road. Yeah. Let's find a different body to nest in. Uh, anyway, while you're picking up objects in the garage, our game froze. Uh, yeah. It, it, all we were doing was looking at a thing, and then it froze. And then that's when we lost about two and a half hours of progress. Oh, man. We hated the, the doing that. The are still fresh. Yeah. <laughs> we hated doing that a lot. Uh, and then... I will say at least it didn't take too much time to get back to that since we were able to skip all of the dialogue. Yeah, just using the, the that walkthrough that we found on GameBoomers.com, um, by the <laughs> way, uh, we were able to get back to that spot in a much shorter period of time. I think it only took an hour to get to where we were before, and we were saving yeah. all over the place this time. Um, 
And then we, we got to the garage and it crashed again twice. Yeah. <laughs> we finally managed to get in and out yeah. before it could crash. The game but... soft locks in that garage because it gets stuck in a thinking loop. I there's there's some memory leak in that garage. Um <laughs> and it, it three times our game froze there. Three times. Like Yeah, I was we... so worried. I was on edge for the rest of the game thinking that could happen again at any point. Yeah, it didn't. Luckily, uh, that was the yeah. only other time. That's the <laughs> only time the game actually that crashed garage. for us. But it happened so consistently in that garage that it made me wonder: like, did did this get playtesting? Like, they would have <laughs> on on the console itself. Did they playtest it on like a like a PC build of the console emulation? Because it mm-hmm. looks like they're not knowing that it's crashing here, and it's for real crashing here. Um. Yeah, she really didn't want us going in her garage. Yeah, she really didn't. Uh, <laughs> she didn't. We had to get a warrant, and she's like, it crashes in there. <laughs> <laughs> she was trying to warn us. She said, don't go in my garage, you'll get soft locked." Yeah, I, I hate to bring up technical things like that when talking about the quality of a game, but... It, but just the fact that it kept happening in this same spot over and over. Yeah, it's consistent. It's part of the game now. It's it's very much part of it. It's not just... If it happened once, they'd be like, well, that sucks. If it happened three times in the exact same place, while trying to do things different ways each time, well, that... It's a feature of your game now. Yeah, that's... We have to talk about it. That's a fixture of the garage. <laughs> the sorrow is a load-bearing sorrow. Uh, you can't take it out of the garage. <laughs> So that's that episode, and remember how he said Carla's a lawyer, so she knows her rights pretty well, so she never admits to it, and we never actually get closure, um, and she says she's going to represent herself in court, and then Brass has a pretty good line about, well, as the old saying goes, you'll have a fool for a client. Ah, um, I got her. Good old Brass. Brass, you you scoundrel. Yeah. He consistently brings it. Not once was I ever frustrated with Brass. Brass is the uh Brass Brass is the shining light within this tunnel. <laughs> yeah, I I was a little frustrated constantly going back to his office, but that's not on him. Yeah, that's on that's his on office, the, not being in game. my cell phone. Like I should yeah. be able to call Brass and hear all of his Yeah, quips. you were that's what you were saying. You were saying it should just be a thing where you can call him up and just be able to do it. Which would have saved a lot of time, but then we wouldn't have been able to go to his office and see what he's like, so. Yeah, calling Brass and all of the machines in the lab, because those aren't real places. Like, they can just be UI. That would be fine. Yeah. Um, it, it, but they had different ideas. Yeah, they had different ideas. Okay, so that's that's case four. I think we talked about that enough. Um, yeah. I'm done with it. I don't want to think about it ever again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I did say I did have listed here actually. Uh, I just like Lou. Lou is a fun character. The way Lou talks. Yeah, I liked his I liked his uh, vocal performance. Yeah. Uh, I I think they were making him out to be kind of sleazy shitbag too, but he he seems fun when you talk to him. I never seen him do anything bad. Yeah, it seems less shitbaggy, sleazy, and more like relatable, salt of the earth kind of guy. Just like a yeah, just. Hey, I'm not gonna do anything too bad, you know. Well, whatever. Hey, but I'm not gonna do anything too good either. Not gonna do anything at all, really. <laughs> I'll just be here in the middle. I will exist. <laughs> and that's relatable. Yeah, I also that, exist. That's everyone's goal. <laughs> uh, case five is called the Big White Lie, 
and mm-hmm. this is kind of a special case. I think this is supposed to be the like, whoa, it's all coming together moment of this game. But it really doesn't. It's no. only a couple things come <laughs> <Yeah>. together. <laughs> they pick and choose like two or three things to bring back. Right. So we uh, there's a dead body in a crate outside of Doc Robbins' house. Now Doc Robbins is is the guy in the morgue, the uh, mortician. What's the there's a there's a name for that? What's the guy who pronounces people dead? Um. Uh, I just assumed it was mortician. Well, he is a mortician, but that's there's a. Yeah, that's fine. That's enough. Um, coroner? Yeah, that's the one. I don't actually... I remembered. Now I don't actually think he's a coroner. <laughs> but I did want that word, so... Okay, I, I'm wrong he about that. Like he looks like an old David Cross. I forget if we brought that up last time. We probably did, but he looks like an old David Cross. He like, does. Like, if we, if he was brought from the future into 2006. He's got a little cardigan. <laughs> he, cha- he turns his life around instead of doing comedy. He's now a... He now works at the morgue. Man, that is not turning your life around. <laughs> <laughs> he, he realized his passion Seems light like a elsewhere. downward trend. Um, <laughs> no, he likes it. He's cool. All right, yeah. Um, so the, that dead body next to Robin's house uh, turns out to be Gary Melvoy, who is a private eye. Uh, and Gary Melvoy, here, here's kind of the, the cool twist. He was hired by two different people, and we know of both of them from different cases we've already done. So, from case uh, three, there was uh, the supposed victim's sister, Lucy Kennelly. Now, Carrie Kennelly, the the victim, turned out she wasn't actually dead. But Lucy Kennelly was not the person who did anything wrong, so we like her. Um... Mm-hmm. And she, uh, she, hi- she did hire this private eye to stalk uh, Michael Dubois, who was the abusive boyfriend of Carrie Canelli. We didn't yeah, like he's... Michael. <laughs> no, it, that's what we were talking about. Is uh, he just kind of gets away with what he's done? Because he didn't do the murder, but he's still a shit. He's he's an abusive shitbag in that episode. And they never bring that up. He's just allowed to be his way. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, in every one of the cases before this, there are three suspects. There's really only three characters yeah. at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> in this case, there are five. Because in addition to that group of three people from case uh, three, there was also a group of one person from case one, uh, Nathan Ackerman, the museum curator also hired is this private eye. Fu- Ackerman is such a fun name. Yeah. Not a, not character, but it's a fun name to say. Yeah, not a fun character. He's got a fun little accent. Yeah, that's that's kind of fun. Kind of. Uh, <laughs> and uh, a new character named Gus Klein, who has basically bailed the museum out of their financial problems they which they had a lot of uh, i don't know if we mentioned that in the yeah they were filing for bankruptcy and he bought them he bought them and he basically kept nathan ackerman on as a uh, as the museum curator so he could uh make back his money that he owes gus klein for the sale of the thing um and, and and to get because Gus bailed him out of bank- bankruptcy, so um, financially Nathan is 
at Gus's whim. So, but but Gus seems nice enough uh, about that arrangement. He's he's doing it well. He respects the fact that Nathan has more of an art eye than he does, and he's just investing in the art. He doesn't know what's good and bad. Um, but so between those five people, those are the five people we get to talk to. Right. Um, one of them killed this private eye. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't you think? Don't you think it would have been a little more impactful? Like this is the last episode of the season. They're kind of bringing in old characters, kind of tying things together. Don't you think it would have been a little more uh, impactful? If the victim who died was someone we met in an earlier case. Yes, I think that would have been more impactful. I think they had Carla Mitchell, who was arrested in the last case, um, but she's a lawyer. She could have represented one of these people. Um, That could have been interesting. It's weird that this is like, oh, it's all coming together, all the previous cases, but it's just case one and three. Yeah. Like, there's no game stuff there. You don't see any of the people from 4, which is fine. Um, yeah, the the video game one and the guy in the desert that we just talked about, those two cases are not represented in the big culmination case. Um, yeah, you could have had the rat there. Yeah, you could have had at least the rat. <laughs> it wouldn't have troubled anyone. Yeah, I um there's a spot in this case where you find out that someone has been rigging video poker machines to be uh way more difficult for the player than it should be. Like it's not dealing out the cards fairly. Um at that point I thought like, "Oh, they're going to bring in the video game guys now." Cause and then they didn't. This is video poker. Like that. That should be maybe uh-huh. an expert analysis or something they could ask someone about. Uh, they did not do that. This episode's all over the place, isn't it? I don't even really get how the video poker stuff ties into the art and the and just everything else going on. It it felt like they had a bunch of ideas that didn't really come together super well. Okay, I think I get it. Let, let, I can try to to say what actually happens because we haven't done that yet okay um lucy is a red herring she hired Mm -hmm. uh the private eye to track michael dubois who turns out was a bad guy but michael dubois was working on um shipping drugs uh so he, he was he was like dealing drugs at a pretty high like criminal organizational level uh, yeah. under Gus Klein, who has this warehouse where they were shipping all the drugs all over the place. But also working for Gus Klein on the drug stuff is Nathan Ackerman. So the three of them are working together, and they were going to use this private eye to uh, track down some of the, like They had some like rival gang thing that they were mm-hmm. worried about, so they had they hired this private eye to spy on this other gang but this private eye being a private eye and being hired by lucy to look after michael eventually found out all of the shit that this that gus klein's gang was was doing uh so private eye said hey that's fine that's fine i'm cool with it i'm cool with it you can trust me but hey here's the deal you can trust you can trust me but here's the deal um <laughs> if if I know this stuff, you're gonna have to pay me to keep quiet about it. And Gus Klein was like, "I'll pay you a little bit, yeah, sure." And then 
the private eyes is like, no, I think you should pay me more money. And Gus no, Klein said, well, in that case, that. I'll actually kill you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because it's way no, cheaper never mind. that way. <laughs> I'll handle it myself. Uh, yeah, they made a whole big deal. Even the CSI people are talking about like, wow, this private eye was really greedy. It's like, dude, this is not the problem. <laughs> yeah, don't. We we don't need dirt on the PI. He's already taken care of. Yeah, it's weird how like this guy blackmails these murderous drug lords, and the CSI's go- people go like, mm, blackmailing, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and, like that's the, yeah. the crime that they care about. Yeah, like if you think about it, the PI didn't really. You could figure out some different motivation to get a. Uh, a better impact and kill someone else like i said but the pi is just you don't care this is the first we've heard of him i don't care that he's dead yeah like the there's this really strange vibe that has been pretty transparent on display through the entirety of this story and i think it may be a a product of the show much more than a product of telltale or ubisoft but it's just like any crime is equally bad. That seems to be what they're, they're <laughs> trying to say here. So, like, this this private eye was murdered by drug lords who are abusing people's gambling addictions and, and stealing all kinds of money. And the, the CSI do zero in multiple times on, like, yeah, but that, C, that PI, when he was trying to blackmail him, he got too He was greedy. not very good. He got too he greedy. He was not a very good PI. Yeah. Like, the, the, the crime of being a little bit greedy when you're blackmailing someone is apparently way bigger than, like, all of the, the murder or something just because it's what they're focused on at the time. All these crimes are the same level of badness to them. We got this the same when, um, in case three, it was revealed that um, Michael Dubois had been abusing Carrie Canelli like, really badly as as her boyfriend and he was beating up on her and stuff. And he, she tried to escape and frame him for murder. And then they're like, framing someone for murder? That's pretty bad. Anyway, we're not going to arrest Michael for beating you up ever. Even though we totally have evidence <laughs> of that. It's like these... We kind of have a different case we're focusing on right now. It's such a strange priority of like, I guess maybe that's just a problem I have with cops. I don't know, but it's just such maybe a, it's, a strange maybe thing. Maybe it's just part of, maybe it's just part of uh, keeping the game a little focused. Like if it went off into this whole other thing with the boyfriend, it's like, well, well, the point of the episode is, is uh, this other case. Uh, we get this is bad, but in real life, this would probably be taken care of. But in fun video games, uh let's let's just keep the focus here for now yeah but i mean we're totally victim shaming gary melvoy for being a little too greedy and then he was killed by some guys by being shot in the face (laughs) and then left in a crate in an alley for someone to find fuck that crate by the way yeah we'll we'll get to it but let's just finish the story uh so we we end up getting uh we find out that gary melvoy had a tape recorder on him uh when he was trying to extort a little bit more money out of the the three gang members, Michael Dubois, Nathan Ackerman, and Gus Klein. And Gus is like, hey, Michael, you kill him. And Michael's like, uh, no. <laughs> I don't want to do it. Don't, don't look at me. And then he's like, okay, Nathan Ackerman, you want to you wanna earn some money back? You kill this guy. 
And Nathan's like, dude, no. <laughs> and Gus is like, fine, I'll do it. And then he he kills the guy. All right, you knuckleheads, I'll do it myself. And it, it's I feel like they over-explain everything way too much because they might know they're being recorded and want it to sound good for it or something. And uh, I want I want you to kill this man. No, I don't think I will. Gus, fine, I I will loudly say. I will kill him myself until he is dead and murdered. I, Gus Klein, am about to shoot. <laughs> yeah, and that's what they use for their evidence to throw him away. Just this obvious confession. I can't believe it's we're right a, here not... in the warehouse. Anyway, put him in the crate. Put him in the crate that the CSI will find later. <laughs> um, so we find, we find out Gus did it. Um... And then we do send Gus away for murder and all of the drug charges and then send Michael Ackerman and, or sorry, Michael and Nathan also uh, get arrested for the drug charges, um, but not the murder, I think. I think that's how it goes. Only Gus gets the murder. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) at least you put away the boyfriend, but... Yeah, that abusive boyfriend. It seemed like Nathan Ackerman, really rough situation. I like he he was being yeah. He a, seems kind of fucked. He was being coerced the whole time. Yeah, and like yeah, I I don't know if there's anything that I he like expressly think... did on his own choice that was bad. Yeah, I won. I wonder if maybe he'll be let off easy. I feel a little bad for him. I mean, he's still, you know, who cares? But. He, the other two are definitely worse off than him. Yeah. Well, I mean, Michael Dubois, I think they brought him into this because they were like, hey, here's this really shitty guy from a past case, and he didn't get arrested. Let's sort of circle back so you can feel some just desserts for this guy. Because it's post 9 yeah. 11, and we need to punish everyone. <laughs> it, the punishment is so much more important than the justice. <laughs> That's true. So we need to get this guy who we don't like because he wasn't arrested yet. So they in- invent this new case for him. I don't feel that way about Nathan Ackerman though. Like he he didn't do anything that. Yeah, bad. I didn't feel that bad. He was he was he was he had that meth thing going on in the first episode, but I didn't like. I never saw him as like this awful person who needed to be brought to justice. Okay, so that's the story. Now, Dustin, I will require you to explain to our audience the deal with the crate. Oh boy, if I if I have to recount it. Uh, so at the beginning of the episode, uh, you're in Crime Alley. You're in the alley where the crime has been committed, and you gotta you know you're doing your usual thing, finding evidence, getting samples, um, taking pictures. But boy, there is one thing you have to do. There's one specific thing you have to do before you can even can think of continuing. You can't go anywhere or, else. You don't have any more locations. Yeah, you have to stay right here until you find everything. And if you don't, get used to that alley because, boy, we had to get a picture of the crate that the body was in next to the van that was there at the crime scene. And, boy, it took... It, it, it would have been easier to pull teeth than find where to take the photo of this. Yeah. Mitch, do do you remember? (laughs) You, you remember our solution, how we eventually found it. Yeah. So I was looking at the walkthrough because we're doing that. And, uh, it, it said 
to take a picture of the crate and then take a picture of the body inside the crate. So that's two pictures of the body in the crate, but like from different yeah. angles. And I wasn't sure what they were asking for. Because again, this this walkthrough was written from the perspective of someone playing the play or the the PC version of the game, not the PlayStation Two version of the game. In the PC version right. of the game, it's very easy to find out what angle you need to do something at because it's the only angle you're allotted. Um, like if you see a, a screen with the car and then the crate is next to it, that's the screen. That's where you take the picture. You don't need to move around. You don't need to look around. You don't need to do any of that. Um, in the PlayStation 2 version, you need to stand in the exact right place. So we got the the picture of the body inside the crate pretty easily. Um, yeah. And at first I thought, like, okay, well, maybe the walkthrough is just being weird because we just got a picture. We don't need a second picture. Why would we need a yeah, second picture? Exactly. We just got it. Um, so we, we tried to do everything else. We asked... Um, by the way, we get Grissom, who is probably the main character of the show. Hard to say. Um, uh, as our assistant <laughs> in this episode. So he's there, and he's the one that can give us a hint. So we ask Grissom for a hint, and he's like, are you sure it's going to reflect poorly on you? And I'm like, well, this is reflecting poorly on you. So we do ask uh, him for the hint, and he says, yeah, you need to take a picture of the crate. Um, so we just try everything. So what I finally have to do is I... W- well, he didn't. he didn't even say you had to take a picture of the crate. He just said, like... Once we find what we need to find, we got to put this in the DNA machine. Oh, yeah. And yeah. we're like, well, we can't. We can't leave. Yeah. <laughs> You're not letting us. You're not allowing us to leave. Yeah, the hint system is a little jank. Um, it doesn't explain every step. I thought it was fine up until now, but now it's like, okay, well, obviously you got everything. Now you can go to the lab. <laughs> and we're like, now we know we can't. That's the problem. You didn't listen. Your hint was useless. You didn't listen, Grissom. <laughs> You were supposed to be the guy, the big head guy. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so the way I, I had to figure this out is I looked up another written walkthrough. It said basically the same thing couldn't help. Um, I looked yeah. up, I tried so hard to find a Let's Play of the, the PlayStation 2 version of Case 5. It does not exist. It is not yeah. on YouTube. It is not anywhere. The PlayStation version of this game is not something people talk about it, it simply isn't <laughs> um so what we what i did find though was a playthrough of the pc version of case 5 and i thought well you know maybe this will at least sort of help and it did uh it also shined a light on just how much the playstation or the, the pc version is better than the playstation 2 version Mm-hmm. Like there was a, a VIN number that we needed to collect off the car, <laughs> off a oh, thing God, in the, the bottom corner of the windshield of the, the of the van, and in the PlayStation Two version of the game, the windshield of the van is opaque. Yeah, you just you don't see what you're looking yeah, for at all. It, it's the PC version has like a, a like a diffuse texture on the on the thing where it's just a shader and you can see through it. Um, but the in the the PlayStation 2 version, it's just like a, a bluish whitish glass equivalent <laughs> that you cannot <laughs> see through. So you just have to click on where that is and it you'll like we were able to find that out without looking up the walkthrough, but the 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 playthrough of the PC version on YouTube 
was very illustrative of just how maybe a regularly okay, not exciting, but okay game, the game might be on PC. Um, I mean, no, there's still very bad problems <laughs> that are in that version, <laughs> but the worst stuff is not there. Um, yeah, it seems like a masterpiece compared to this. So there was one screen that you get when you sort of click around. Uh, it's 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 like Mist. It's it's like Mist if you've played the original version of Mist, where you don't actually walk around. You just click on things, and they that teleports you to the next screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's one screen where you, you you're seeing the van next to the crate, and then you can just pull up the camera and take a picture from there. Uh, so uh. what I had to do was I just I I said Dustin, don't even look at what you're doing. Just take two steps to the left. Okay, one to the back. Okay, another to the left. Now turn about 45 degrees. Uh, and I, I had to uh, direct Dustin to have his screen looked exactly like that view in the PC version of the game. And then just click the button and it works. If you stand in exactly was, that place. I was flabbergasted. I thought, there's no way this is going to gonna work this is too specific and then nope it it worked and i was like fuck off this is bad (laughs) not good yeah yeah it was like there there was actually no way and it's it's especially frustrating because you can't go to any other locations you're really just stuck in this first place i think it was actually impossible that we would ever have found that you said that even before this part. You said that about like a lot of stuff in this area. You're like, there was no. If we weren't using a walkthrough, we would be here for hours. Well, yeah, like the VIN number through the windshield. Yeah. Yeah, but you can the go to the fingerprint in the in the trunk. Yeah, that that was pretty invisible. I I just happened to find it just by clicking around pretty fast, but I it's not like I saw. Well, it. at least with that clicked. one, it, it it you can see it. If you're looking around for mm. it, you can see it. And with the VIN number, what was the one in the last episode? the fingerprint in like the outlet we were like brushing for oh well this is the the same case it's just later in it oh it oh it is for some reason i was thinking it was case four you're right yeah no we're we're all on case five that was there was a fingerprint in uh michael dubois no it wasn't in case four um i don't remember where that was uh, no i i'm Part of me thinks it was case four because in case five, I remember thinking when we got that fingerprint in the trunk. Was it Carla's was apartment? Like, it might have been Carla's apartment because I remember thinking when we did the uh, fingerprint in the back of the van, I was like, oh, well, that was the same, but I found it a lot faster. Than yeah, I did yeah. Before. I guess that was so, case four and um, that was Carla's apartment. So it was Carla's fingerprint. Yeah, that's right. Um yeah i mean there, there's so many things in this in in this episode that that are like that but i i think the the picture of that box that you can't progress without exactly standing in the right place has to take the cake it's it's yeah. got to be the, the most because like you the the door to the van is open so we can see the vin number from the inside too it's just that they wanted to take us they wanted us to take it from the outside um <laughs> so we could have known it's there and that fingerprint was small and very hard to see but dustin you were able to see it um that picture of the crate impossible yeah simply not a thing simply not able to be done it yeah 
We just had to be in the right spot. And the thing is, we thought we it occurred to us. You suggested getting a picture of both, but because we weren't in the exact spot it wanted us to be in, it was like, mm, nah, sorry. Yeah, and keep in, keep in mind, we were using a walkthrough. <laughs> we yeah. were told what to do, and it was still wild. You can't change the rules. Ugh. <laughs> 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 uh. Uh, other than that, there's a lot of good little quotes in Case 5. Um, <laughs> Brass has a really good one. Yeah, you want to do that one? <laughs> uh, it doesn't... My favorite part is how it doesn't relate to anything. It, it's not part of the case, It's but he just decides to break out this little gem. I guess he realized, oh, this is the last case. This is the last <laughs> time I'll get to say it. He says, uh, I'll let my fingers do the walking. On my computer. <laughs> yeah, he's talking about, like, trying to find a location. He's like, well, I'm going to walk He just there. makes a joke about using his computer. Yeah, I'll let my fingers <laughs> do the walking. On the computer. He's, uh, he's done this before. He's been on his computer. He just decides now's the time to break out the jokes. Yeah, it's wonderful. Brass is fantastic. Yeah. Also, at some point, uh, someone tries to lie to you, and you can tell they're lying to you. And displayed on the subtitles is the set direction lamely trying to cover in parentheses <laughs> uh, i forgot it's about the that. only time we get a sub uh, set direction in the subtitles ever yeah what you said about it makes perfect sense though yeah i, I think it's it was just um actor advice that they put in the script that they didn't catch when they were just copy pasting the script into the subtitles yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I thought it was so funny. There's another <laughs> lamely trying to cover. The, when you're when you're interrogating Michael Dubois, <laughs> uh, they they ask M- Michael what he was doing at that time when the body was uh, probably killed, and he goes, "Oh, you know, I was just hanging out with Carrie, watching TV. Same o, same o." Yeah, same o, same o. Yeah, not that's not the same. <laughs> that's not how you say it. It is. That's not how you say same old, same old. But this guy goes same o, same o, and it's written in oh. the script, in the subtitles, as that <laughs> as well. I wonder if he brought it up. He's like, "Hey, uh, this isn't the saying. It's fine. Just say it." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the <laughs> script writer must have had a very particular idea of like, no, this is the kind of guy that would would cut his words short. He'd say same o, same o. But this is the guy who doesn't know that the saying is same old, same old. <laughs> same old, same old. Uh, Man, yeah. I was really chomping at the bit to get to that one. Well, that's wrong too, Dustin. But I think <laughs> outside of uh, just talking about the game itself and, and which how we felt about it, we're done with CSI Three Dimensions of Murder. That was all five cases. Boy, this actually did go a lot longer. I thought this was going to yeah. wrap up like 20, 30 minutes ago. Well, there was a lot of dumb shit in it. <laughs> yeah, boy. Um, I think that crate was the worst. That crate that was, was the really low point. bad. Do you, well, which do you, did you hate more? Uh, the game locking up and us having to redo all of, uh, of Case 4 or the crate? Um, as a video game developer myself... I have a lot of sympathy for when your game crashes and you just don't know why it's happening and sometimes there's no good answer for it. So I agree. I can't get I can't get so mad at that. I mean, I am mad at that, but it's I'm not mad at the people. I'm I'm just mad the, at the circumstances. Yeah. 
The crate is a purposefully yeah. done thing. The crate. Okay, team Ubisoft team that was given the chore of converting this game into a first-person game by <laughs> Sony. Sure. Uh, I I have mad sympathy for you. You didn't do a good job, but you shouldn't have been asked. Yeah. Um. So that's. Yeah, it, it was rough. The product that ended up happening was bad. I'm sure there was a lot of turmoil at the studio. I'm sure it was a very hard game to port, um, but it wasn't a, a good port, and that that still is true. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was but your favorite case and least favorite case? Favorite case, probably number two. Yeah. Just because, you know, it's video game stuff. The allegory is just Sam and Max. I, I can connect with it. I can relate. Um, yeah. So that one was pretty... We also got some pretty good laughs in that one. All of these episodes had some good laughs. I mean, unintentional, to be sure. But uh, um, least favorite? That's tricky. Because I feel like I hated all of them for different reasons. Yeah, so they're all mechanically bad. And that... Yeah. I, I Like, we talked about the the crate thing with Case 5. That was maybe the, the peak of that with the entire game. But it, mm-hmm. I don't know. Every episode had something like that. So I'm still going to say episode five just because it's the only one where I'm thinking, like, there was potential to make this hit a little harder than it did. Um, like, yeah. you, you could have had you could have had the victim be someone you already knew. You could have tied in other cases a little better. It really just it, it's it fizzles out. Who really cares at the end of the day? Yeah, and you know the part with the crate—it just feels like too much, too much bad, too much bad. Here. I'm gonna say case two is my favorite as well, although I won't say it's my favorite. It, it's just the most interesting, uh, and it's the it's the one that I'm gonna take away from this game and think about the most probably. Um, yeah, because yeah, it's an allegory for old Lucas. Even if it's, it's so just, even if it's just like once in the future that you think about yeah. it that's still more than you're probably going to think of like any of the others yeah that's true um number one i think is the least interesting the the art thing uh mm. where they just kill a woman because she asks about her art too much and <laughs> just because she sucks yeah just because like she generally sort of sucks and they're like ah oh, the motive and like no that's i don't <laughs> what motive <laughs> the motive and and it's just kind of it's kind of a flaccid ending it's like ah, uh, yep it was me the painter who did it yeah it was because of the squirrel hair yeah do you found my squirrel hair <laughs> i did it take me you away you solved my squirrel hair puzzle and now i must be <laughs> you've arrested so- you've solved the squirrel riddle <laughs> yeah uh but i agree with case two probably being the best uh i i kind of like the big swings that case five makes even though they're unable to connect with the ball yeah, I guess it's better that they at least tried than, like, if you s- imagine s- case one being the last one, then it would have been frustrating. But at least here they, like, tried, they brought in characters from other ones. How's about this? Are any of these cases better than any of the other games we've covered? No. Emphatic. <laughs> I would say all five of these are right at the bottom. I can't think of anything worse that we've played so far than any of these. Even Telltale Texas Hold'em, like, it wasn't great, but it was interesting for, like, their first game. And it was competently made, at least. It, w- it worked. It was poker. Yeah, Texas Hold'em is, uh, is like, it's nothing, but it, it's kind of, 
it, it's just a it's little an interesting game, and that's all it's supposed to yeah. be yeah it wasn't meant to be anything huge. indie game of the month though yeah i mean that is <laughs> that is an honor um yeah <laughs> where's this game's awards that is a, a great question <laughs> i wonder um well, that's CSI Three Dimensions of Murder. Next in the CSI series is three, uh, CSI Hard Evidence, of which I think we're going to make the mistake again and play the console version again. Oh, um, boy, yeah. Although this is for the Wii rather than the PlayStation 2, so maybe Nintendo is not going to be as uh, weird about asking for a three-dimensional game as Sony was. Oh, yeah, I wonder. I wonder... Oh, well, keep in mind, remember, we unlock, like, the next episode of the next game here. We even started it. We checked it out a little bit. We didn't play it. Don't worry, everyone. But it was, like, exactly the same. Well, it was exactly the same because it used this game's engine to show you that episode. I don't I don't know if... Are you, are you thinking the version on the Wii might be closer to the PC version? Than I am thinking that, yeah. This, the PS2 version? That's, that'll be kind of interesting. That's something to Especially because the Wii has a about. cursor that you can use. So that's... Yeah, I, I guess it would just be easier to just... The Wii was really good for point version. and clicks. Um, mm-hmm. You ever play Zack and Wiki? No, I want to... Well, I played a little bit of it. I never beat it. I like to go back and finish it sometime. I love that game. I love that game. That game's great. I like pirates and I like point and clicks. Yeah. Um, my personal ranking of these episodes is the best is okay. number two, first person shooter. Second best. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, daddy's girl. Third best. Number uh, five, the big white lie. Fourth best. Number four, rough cut. And fifth best <laughs> and worst telling the tale game we've covered at this point. Case one, pictures at an execution. Wow. I don't foresee a worse Telltale game than case one, pictures at an execution, even though we have over 100 more Telltale games to go. That's so, that's interesting to me, because I'm thinking back on it, and I, I don't think I felt like the first episode was that bad. It was... I don't know what, that's, that's the, that's the one where I was like, all right, well, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. That's wild, because you were getting so frustrated. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> you were getting so, so frustrated, and that was also the episode with all, that with we all needed the, to like, learn tools. the rules, so we didn't know what the tools did, we didn't know what the machines at the lab did yet. Oh, and, and you had your snarky partner who was really giving you shit every time yeah. you fucked up. Case one sucked. It was bad. You know what? Yeah, I agree. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess I had blocked it out. Half this podcast is, is just ringing Dustin in from his wild fancies. <laughs> I'm trying to give this game the benefit of the doubt where it's not warranted. Well, Dustin, we didn't cover it last week, unfortunately, and that is a mistake on my part. But where can people find you? You know what? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at AmazingDJDustin. I don't know why I picked that name, honestly. I kind of regret picking it. I'm not a DJ. Uh, the amazing part is subjective, but you can find me there, AmazingDJDustin. Mitchell, where can they find you? I've always thought that the DJ stood for Dustin Jackson, so it was the Amazing Dustin Jackson Dustin. Even then, that's very redundant. Yeah, it's like ATM machine. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll rethink... My, my name sometime in the future well now you can't it's in a lot of episodes of this podcast 
That's so it's true. It's better to not. <laughs> I've been locked in. Yeah, because everyone <laughs> listens to this. <laughs> they're they're gonna try to find me. All my traffic is gonna dry up because they're gonna go to that name and be like, "We heard it on the <laughs> Telling the Tale podcast." Where is he? Yeah, hi listeners. Hi Adam. Hi Courtney. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Uh, maybe no. We get more. I, I see RC. I see our uh, stats. It's not that bad. Uh, yeah, we appreciate. Although, it. if you would, don't feel afraid of subscribing and rating the podcast. Uh, where you can you can find me dustin to answer your question from earlier uh <laughs> on twitter <laughs> at the wolf fm that's at symbol t-h-e-w-o-l-f-e-f-m dustin what are we covering next week mitch i think you know what we're covering next week we're covering back to the future we're covering kind of the back to the future it's kind of it kind of feels like a link between the Telltale of old and the Telltale of new in a way. It yeah, it definitely is. When Telltale got that Universal um partnership, they did a season of Back to the Future and a season of Jurassic Park and they used those two seasons to uh experiment with their point and click adventure thing that they're doing and advance themselves to a new uh mode of gameplay and so it was it was the devil's playhouse and then immediately followed up with back to the future right back to the future in jurassic park um law and order is somewhere in there <laughs> oh right uh, oh god i forgot we're gonna have to cover those i two. think that's those just gonna be a, be a regular game i think that's not gonna okay. be like this <laughs> <laughs> good i was worried uh although i don't know Phew. how to play that that one's a hard one that one's one of the harder ones um, to, to find out how to play. Is that one on any consoles? Like, could we do it the same way we did CSI? I don't think it was ever on any consoles. Oh, wow. That's... who? Yeah, and I'm not sure it ever got a retail release either. So we can't bypass it that way. We'll, we'll have to do something. <laughs> um, but that's not now. Now is Back to the Future. Um, the, the weird gateway between point and clicks like Sam and Max and Monkey Island and choose em ups like walking dead and the wolf among us i guess i feel really good that the devil's playhouse is kind of a swan song for classic old telltale yeah well we haven't played monkey island a, which, which i i believe could be a contender but um oh yeah i remembered loving monkey island but yeah yeah we'll see we'll see uh sort of our road to walking dead because i feel like as soon as we do the first season of walking dead we have free range of the entire library but I want to go a little bit in order, at least do Back to the Future first, so we can see the transition into that uh, gameplay. Yeah, I agree. So that's what we're doing. So join us next week while we do that, and until then, I'll see you next time. Thank you, goodbye, I love you. Wait! Ah! Uh, just the first episode of Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's not going to be another one of these. We did these for our own sanity. Yeah, in the point-blank impossible circumstances that this is your first episode you've listened to of Telling the Tale, <laughs> I can't imagine Part two of CSI. what your choice <laughs> system in your brain looks like if that's what you've done. If this is your first one, we don't normally cover entire seasons at a time or even in two parts. Uh, we normally cover one episode per episode of the podcast. CSI was just a weird one where we decided to do it a different way. 
Um, but yeah, just episode one of Back to the Future, the Telltale game, released in 2011-ish? I think so, around there. Sounds right. Okay, now I'll see you next time. <laughs> I love you again. Goodbye. <laughs>